Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. I'm gonna die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. You're a slacker. You stupid idiot! Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Oh, idiot! Game over, man! Hey, hey, careful Whoa. with that, Ronnie Millsap. We're downrange. What's the matter with you? I feel like a Kentucky Fried Idiot. Oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. Gentlemen, Ciccolini here may talk like an idiot and look like an idiot, but don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot. I was going to spend the night assembling the boys you, but this is holding my interest. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. This is episode 20, and with the news this past week that Tom Brady will be leaving the New England Patriots after 20 seasons, we figured it's only appropriate to call episode 20 Brady Geddon Part 2. My name is Todd, and with me as always, broadcasting from a Tim Hortons parking lot somewhere outside Joliet, Illinois, so he can steal the Wi-Fi while remaining socially distant. The Brian Knobs to my Jerry Sags. It's time to get nasty, folks. I give you the man they call Tim. Hello, brother. And how are we doing this fine week, sir? Oh, just wonderful. Uh, week two of seclusion in the bunker that is my basement. <laughs> With two teenagers. Oh, life is good, my friend. <laughs> Tim started drinking six hours ago. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, it's all good. All right, so be, like I said before we start recording, be good, we have company. Uh, joining us this week, we have a special guest to give us the non-Patriots perspective of this whole thing. Um, he is the Barry Sachs player for the legendary Maine-based band Rustic Overtones. He also released his own solo record in 2018 called The Ultimate, to which I will attest to its awesomeness. And he also happens to be the only Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan that I know. It's my pleasure to welcome Jason Ward to the show. And how are you doing, fine sir? I'm excellent. Welcome, welcome. Awesome. Doing, doing very well. Just, uh, just hungering down in my bunker, <laughs> below the Saskatchewan crust. <laughs> <laughs> and, and because his his team is uh, getting a six time Super Bowl winning quarterback, uh, he's been drinking since Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been having only the faintest, the, the the finest champagne that you can find in Maine, which is basically Fireball. There you go. There you go. <sighs> rough stuff uh so fireball before we dive yeah <laughs> i oh my gosh it used to what was it uh alan's coffee brandy was the champagne of maine yeah it's then, been researched by by fireball and um i really don't understand why i i i don't even i don't even get either of them it's just like this is horrible horrible stuff that's happening here <laughs> so let me let me just uh throw this out here before we get too far into our conversation here uh thank you all for listening uh you can download us on uh, spotify itunes and podbean you can find us on facebook instagram and twitters at free range idiocy at all those platforms and now let's get to what is probably the most important part of the show and uh the peak which is always rare uh always a little sad because it's five minutes into the show but then we go downhill immediately afterwards uh gentlemen uh what you drinking this evening to alcohol the cause of and solution to all of life's problems so uh let's let company go first here uh Absolutely. jason what do you what are you uh imbibing or enjoying this fine evening uh well i'm getting um some telemore dew the irish whiskey and uh i think fireball will be next 
Oh, I, don't, I, don't. I do have Fireball. Uh, I also have a little jigger of um, a little nip of George Dickel Tabasco, which I've been itching to try. Really? Uh, yeah, they, they came out with it, uh, I think, last year. I don't know if it's still in production. But George Dickel is a very underrated Tennessee whiskey. Uh, you know, we, we think of Jack Daniels, but we really need to also look at George Dickel because it's uh, – uh, I think it's the more superior of the two whiskeys. Well, I'm going to have to try that because I don't. I've never tried that, and I've I've heard of it, but I've never, never gotten myself a bottle of that. Which now, I can add that to the shopping list. Highly recommended. And Mr. Tim, what do you got over there? Uh, I am sampling this evening uh, from Chicago, uh, Three Floyds Alpha King. Uh, not to be confused with Alpha Kong, as I talked about a couple weeks ago. But when I went to right. pop it on the introduction, um, it basically blew up everywhere. So I've been kind of <laughs> cleaning up as, <laughs> as Jason has been talking. So <laughs> Nice. You almost made me spit whiskey all over my <laughs> well, You know, if, if your goal is to make me laugh, my goal is for you to basically uh, spew the whiskey while we're talking. So there we go. Jeez. Oh, but, uh, yeah, so a fine, a fine uh, pale ale uh, to be had tonight whatever's left what, yeah what, what, whatever didn't explode when i popped it open gee this would be great if it wasn't flat as hell now oh well oh jeez. well uh here i am uh i'm enjoying probably my favorite whiskey uh this is bullet rye uh frontier whiskey and it is just pound for pound dollar for dollar the best whiskey uh that i have found it's just what i happen to love and uh it's fantastic i highly recommend it if you have the means nice so that all being said, uh, let's get into this because we, we spoke a few months ago about where would Brady go if he was going, what was going to happen. And I think both uh, Tim and I had said, ah, no, he isn't going anywhere. Well, <laughs> there's a reason this, this show is called Free Range Idiots. <laughs> we, we, we live up to the brand, baby. <laughs> we don't know squat, apparently, because he, he was out the door as soon as he could. <laughs> it was yeah. Just a dust cloud like one of them roadrunner little poofs and it ping i kind of um, so, held on to the the notion that brady could not leave the way you know he the season ended with with that pick six and in, in the playoff game you know it just it seemed like it would be enough motivation for him to come back and try to finish his you know legacy in in a better way but apparently um i was way off base on the thinking so <laughs> And I was wrong. Yeah, uh, considering that that pass was either intended for probably Nikhil Harry or Phil Dorsett the second. Yeah, he he was probably was like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, his mind was was uh, you know for, on, on on heading out the door, and that's that's exactly uh, what what we saw happen. So they hurled my ass. Yeah, I'd say that's a safe bet. So uh, here's the here's kind of the deal for for anyone who does not know this. Uh, the, the deal that Tom Brady signed with the Buccaneers, two years, fully guaranteed, $50 million, 25 each year, I'm guessing, because, I mean, well, it doesn't matter anyways because he gets it all. And then there's an additional $9 million in incentives. Plus, apparently there is a guarantee for the team not to use the franchise to keep him after that second season. So keeping it in his back pocket that he might want to actually continue playing after two years with the Bucks, which is remarkable and it just makes me tired thinking about it, honestly, because I can't imagine putting in the regimen that this guy does and wanting to keep doing it. So uh, let's uh, let's talk about this first, what this means for the Bucks, because they're the ones who are actually going to be celebrating this whole thing, where I think New England at this point is, well, it's actually a good thing that everybody is staying inside. 
<laughs> there might be there might have been a line at the Tobin Bridge. I think if this thing had just happened at any other time, that's yeah. just my my thoughts and feelings. So uh, let's uh, let's bring our guest in on this. And really, first question for me, Jason, do you think that having Brady on the team now makes them a championship contender for the next two years? Um, I, I think they'll be competitive. I it's it's very tough to to call whether they'll be um, a championship team. Um, I think they got a good uh, shot at it because you you got. I, I, one thing you want to consider is you also want to consider Bruce Arians' system. It, it would probably fit very. It probably be a better fit for Tom Brady than than what um, the way he's had previously. So, and you have people like uh, Kevin Minner. They was signed to a one-year contract. Um, you also have Anthony O'Claire, Brian Mitchell, all these new signings that that the Buccaneers are, are doing. Um, he may have a very good shot at just being at least having a, com- a more competitive team. And um, yeah. and and to be honest, it, it's competitive right now, it's, especially with, you know without all, all those new signings. The one variable that the Buccaneers did not have was a quarterback. I, I mean – I I think the world of Jameis Winston, but he throws a lot of picks. He's thrown as many touch uh, as many picks as he has touchdowns this past season. And I think now, that hang was... on a second. You say you think you you think the world of Jameis Winston? I would say your Facebook feed might say otherwise. <laughs> were, uh, were you helping? To, were you like actually offering to help him pack or something? I, I yeah I I think he I think I said you know pack his bags. Um, oh okay. I, not I, that I'm not that I'm accusing you of anything because I've said the exact same thing about players I've wait, liked as wait, well. Wait, wait, Todd, did, did did you do research, man? Uh, of course, I know for once. <laughs> for once, of course. He, uh, no, your Facebook page says otherwise. Yeah, I I beg on Jameis all the time. You know, he's he's oh, young, geez. he's irresponsible. But um, I, I if you look at his numbers uh, without the picks, um, I mean, he's the only quarterback in the NFL history to go four thousand yards. You know, between games. Yeah, you know, out of all the quarterbacks, great quarterbacks that have come and gone in the past few years, and I think he'll end up with another team. Right now, it's, it's very iffy whether he'll be a starting quarterback. But he was the one variable that kind of kept the Bucks from turning the corner. And yeah. you know, I, I may bag on him every so often, but um, but for the most part, you, you know, he he was the one variable. And now that he's not in Tampa anymore, you know, has a, a quarterback. You know, Tampa has a quarterback now that, um, you know, is an expert play caller. I mean, you know, that's the one thing that I I don't think Brady gets enough uh, credit for. I mean, he's a a very calculated game caller. He's saying the pace pretty much of every every game. Mm -hmm. Jason, um, just because I'm not as familiar with with Tampa, like like one of the things that I've I've read over the last few days is how it's an increase of offensive weapons now for, for Brady and. Mike Evans, I'm familiar with. I'm not as familiar with Chris Godwin or Scotty Miller. So are they, you know, when, when when you take the three of them, does does is he now seeing a significant improvement in the wide receiver core, or or is it just, or is it hard to tell whether it was Winston's, you know, lack of performance, or are are they really not now that they have this this Hall of Fame quarterback playing for them, are they now going to see you know an, an uptick in in uh, production now? Yeah, again, you know, it's very tough to see, but it's, um, you know, the, the receiving core is very strong. I mean, that that's something that you, um, you you want to take into account. I mean, the one variable being the quarterback. 
it, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball when we look at stuff like this, but it's it's something that uh, I'll you know be looking at this season. Yeah, because that's that's something I know they struggled with last year. I mean, I know they had a great uh, sorry they being the Patriots. Patriots had a great start to the season. Um, you know, they were they were wondering if it was going to be another you know run the table sort of situations for the season. And then, you know, it was around week nine or 10 reality started to hit um, <laughs> things right. went in a very different direction. But 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 they he, he was kind of limited in, uh, you know, he had Edelman. Um, the the other guys on the team were just not I, I mean, I don't know if it was him or, or them or what was going on, but there, there was definitely not a what's what's the word I'm looking for. They, they, they weren't locked in the way that they were the last few seasons in terms of of how he was with Gronk how he was yeah. with with Amendola when he was playing and 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 Edelman and Edelman he was but but they were becoming a one trick pony and it was pretty you know easy to know what was going to happen when when things started to get high pressure he was just going to dump it to Edelman so mm-hmm. um so I, I I think the thing for for me seeing him move like this is 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 now is he going to are, are we going to see kind of a resurgence in him because now he is playing on a team where he has some some strong wide receivers um, unlike what he had over the last season or two where they were, um, you know, n- not that they were limping. I mean, they, they won the six Super Bowl two years ago, but but it wasn't, you know, one of those dominant things. Like once Gronkowski left, there was clearly a hole and, and it just that hole wasn't getting filled. And and now with with uh, with the Bucks, it seems like with this wide receiver core. And, and again, I'm not familiar with the tight end. If he's a strong player that they'll all just benefit now that they have this quarterback that that has a, a pretty good good accuracy to what he does. You're, you're talking about Anthony O'Claire. Um, I wish I was more familiar with, with what he was doing, but um, I'm looking right here. He said he signed to a one-year contract. So, yeah, they've resigned him this. So that would be interesting to see what, um, what happens. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think – I mean, obviously, again, it's, it's tough to say if it's a championship team. What do you think is kind of best-case scenario? I mean, in your mind, over the next two years, they will – get this far in the playoffs so they'll um kind of try and reach a 500 record or over 500 record <laughs> i i think i think it's probably the best you could hope for in in tampa always yeah. um but they they may have a fighting shot to at least have 10 wins this year i mean what's their schedule look like this year i mean let's see their opponents well it's tough anyways because they got to play they got to play the saints twice so you're, you're dealing with drew Brees. they're playing kansas city too they're playing um Ooh. um they they always seem to fold over the Panthers and the the Falcons and you know at at home, you know that happens as well. They're playing the Raiders too. Yeah, their home schedule looks very favorable. On on the road is a little bit more iffy. They play the Raiders, they play the Giants, uh, the Broncos. So I I would say let's see, I think ten wins probably is in is in sight. Yeah. Hmm. And and how is Arians' system? Like, I mean, not not getting deep technical on it, but is is he? Would you say he? And I don't know, Todd, if you're familiar, is is he similar to Belichick, or is he uh, quite a bit apart from the way Belichick would run the offense? I I think he runs his offense differently. I, uh, it's yeah. uh, it's a different mindset. It's a different philosophy uh, behind okay. that. Okay, interesting. Yeah, where didn't uh, didn't Arians originally come out of uh, Pittsburgh? He played. Um, yeah, he was coach for Pittsburgh, and uh, looking at this, he was also coach for the Colts. Wasn't he? But uh, did, was he a head coach uh, for the Cardinals too? And wasn't that when uh, Warner was around? Right, like his last gasp or something. Yeah, and, and then he went to the Texans, right? He did. I thought wasn't Arians a, the Texans coach for a while, or no? Am I? Mis- 
He might have been. It seems like everybody has. He's the head coach for the Cardinals before he came to Tampa. Oh, okay, um, okay. He had okay. a year off, and uh, before that, he, he his career is very varied. It's um, you know, he was coach for graduate assistant for Virginia Tech, Temple head coach, mm-hmm. running backs coach. Um, he's bounced around quite a bit. He's he's an older guy too. He's in his mid to late sixties. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right, Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the year off with the car after the Cardinals. Wasn't there some health issues or something he dealt with before he came to Tampa? I think so. But I mean, he, he's he's had success. I mean, even when he was in the car, even with his uh, with the Cardinals, and then I think he he kind of got you know pushed out there, if I remember right. Again, I'm I'm going off the top of my head, but he was he always managed to get his offenses always seemed to work, mm-hmm. and it was it was I don't know. There's there was always I mean, granted, you're dealing with Kurt Warner at the very end of his career and hey now you've got tom brady heading in that same bracket but he always seemed like a pretty decent offensive coach to me from a, from a distance yeah yeah but I, I i think i think there's a good chance that he could he could be he could see some uh, success there now the other question i have is what's the worst case scenario <laughs> with brady being in tampa um how old is brady he's 42 43 43 yeah I mean, feasibly, how how much more? I, I mean, he's a competitive guy, and he'll he'll stay in the NFL as long as he wants to. Is this a year where his abilities start to wane a little bit? Mm. It's tough to see. So, I I think worst case scenario is that um, the offense doesn't gel as much. Brady just ends up frustrated, and you're looking at another seven and nine season, perhaps. Oof. And, that's and, rough. And, and I think that's that's what was hard to tell about the Patriots this past season was is, is what we saw, you know, especially toward the end of the season and, and what happened in the playoffs. Was it necessarily due to the lack of weapons? I mean, I shouldn't say lack of weapons. We, we, we did not have any like, you know, all star wide receivers outside of, of outside of Edelman. But was there an element to were we starting to see him uh, degrade, you know, for, for, for the first time? And. And I'm I'm not, Jason. I'm I'm not one of those fans that immediately goes to the oh he's falling apart because he's not performing well sort of thing. You know this year sort of it, it, that's not the way I operate with with him. I think he's he's a, still a solid player. I think he's going to do well this season. But right. there there is an element to age that does come into play, and it's not just that he's not with my team anymore. I, I I'm just wondering if, like you said, is there going to be. Um, are we going to start seeing kind of the physical breakdown of him or not, or, or maybe not, you know, I mean, he's now, he's away from a team where, you know, kind of the health regimen that he wanted to, to do. And I think, and I think part of what, you know, I was reading a little bit today about what led to the kind of the split with him and Belichick. And I think some of the, the drama that happened a couple years back where, where Belichick like kicked out his trainer and they were, you know, his trainer was starting to work with a bunch of different players and Belichick didn't want it. Um, I'm wondering now that he's out and he has more freedom and that sort of thing, if 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 he's, you know, a, a bit looser and is a bit more able to just kind of play the way he wanted to play. Um, you know, not saying it was Belichick per se that held him back, but just, you know, there's a lot of variables as to what happened this, this season with the Patriots. And it's hard to it's hard to point your finger precisely where where it kind of fell apart. Well, we talked a second ago about Bruce Arians um, philosophy with with offense. Um I'm looking at a phrase right here. No risk it, no biscuit. You can't live scared, mm-hmm. and that that suggests to me that um, his, Bruce Arians' offense is a little bit more wide open. Like they're willing to take a little bit more risk with him, and so that might fit well with him. But um, yep. and you, you know, you're talking about age. I, I think um, 
you, you know, my, my old saxophone teacher is, is going to be 90 years old this year and still outplays me still. Um, <laughs> if, 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 if you can, if you can do it at, at any age, um, I hope you do do it. But, yeah. um, but there's a, there's a point where, you know, you, you got a, a man's got to know his limitations, but yeah. if, if he's still competitive and still able to play at a high level, I, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be able to fit in. The one question in the, I forgot to put this on the outline, but the one thing that I, I kind of forgot to really factor in here is how is Tampa Bay's line? Because that, I think that more than the lack of, because everyone talked about weapons, you know, Oh, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have the, the great wide receivers that he used to. He didn't, didn't have this, doesn't have that. I think the fact is that he was just throwing the ball away a lot to avoid getting his clock cleaned last year mm. and that they didn't really invest a lot in the offensive line. That's fair. Was, That's was fair. Yeah. as important, if not a little bit more important than wide receivers. So how's Tampa Bay's line and, and how are they going to protect a 43-year-old quarterback who at the best of times is not exactly what you would describe as mobile? <laughs> mobile. Um, that That's tough to – that's tough to see. I mean, from from what I saw from the Bucks last year, their offensive line was really solid. I mean, you still had uh, you got Jason Pierre-Paul. Let's see, Tanner Hudson, couple couple of those people. To be honest, I think I'm at a disadvantage in New England since they don't broadcast Bucks games so much. So I have yeah. to I have to keep up with uh, with it online, and that's just kind of the way it is. It's all Patriots all the time, and I I yeah. think that the one time that they've broadcast. Um, a Bucks game in New in, in New England was when they played New England. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wish I I wish I better. So so kind of um, kind of the way that I have seen it, you know, is just looking at highlight footage, not mm-hmm. looking at full games. So I'm yeah, at a little bit that, of a disadvantage. I feel a little bit the same way because I didn't I didn't watch a, a ton of games. I didn't really even watch many games this past year. Right. And uh, you know, it it does take a bit of watching to really get a feel for how the offensive line is because it's not something people really talk about unless they're really horrible in which case you know things are are really hitting the fan because it's almost like uh if if you're talking about the bass player in a band or a drummer in a band either they're fantastic or something's wrong right you know it's one of those deals where it's like it's almost better if you don't know who they are it's safer uh, especially if you're one of them (laughs) yeah but if Um, if you have a a tremendous bass player then, oh, yeah. then you, everyone knows their name, and he's yeah, a yeah. key member of the band. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. And I, I, I say that as like an amateur bass player who just hopes that nobody points out anything I'm doing because I know that he's <laughs> saying something that's wrong. <laughs> hey, what was that weird noise? That was me. Okay, it was me. I was the one messing up the chord. What the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> That was me realizing I don't have the jump and play bass uh, gene in my DNA anywhere. Oh gosh. Yeah. No, it's not good. It's not good. All right. So now I guess the 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 big question is: Do you, uh, Jason? Do you feel this is? Uh, do you? I don't know how to really phrase this question because I want to know what Tom Brady is going to mean for the Bucks franchise overall, or if it's even does it even matter? Like, is there is there enough of a sense of history with the Buccaneers franchise that people are like, oh wow, this legitimizes, or is this just sort of like, eh, hey, it's nice, we might win some games? Well, you know, I, I think it's also important to know um, the Glaciers, who are the owners of the Buccaneers. They, they're mm-hmm. really awful people. They're just horrible people. Malcolm Glacier, you know, was 
a business mogul. He was a cutthroat business mogul and um, just not a very nice guy. And his sons who have taken over the team. And they also own, if I'm not mistaken, Manchester United. They're, oh, yeah. they're just they're horrible people. And but, but the thing is that they have a lot of uh, cash and they figured that they would give Brady pretty much anything that he wanted. And, and I think they're the, the Glaciers are definitely looking at their bottom line and it, it works pretty well for for Tom Brady as well. Um, you know, he has another couple years that he feels are in him and they pretty much offer the better deal than the Patriots did, to be honest. So I think mm-hmm. um, I think it benefits them in both ways, um, especially when you're looking at the gate. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. they're, they're thinking of their bottom line. At, at the same time, you know, the, the Bucks are now in the conversation whereas mm-hmm. you know prior to last Monday they weren't but now everyone is talking about Tampa Bay so they're 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 figuring that um, you know without Brady that the bucks were probably an eight and eight team at best and they would resign Jameis and continue to be seven and nine or eight and eight this year yeah I mean that selling jerseys goes a long way towards towards helping the owner smile oh I'm gonna plunk down money for a jersey <laughs> oh I'm I'm sure although man I wish they would just go back to the creamsicle jerseys because the new jerseys, man. <laughs> oh, they're awful. Oh, it's like what? What? Who? De- who designed this? Were they colorblind? Yeah. Oh, well, they... apparently the team is going to redesign their jerseys uh, coming up in April. Uh, they're going to oh, introduce a new design, and if they're thank smart, goodness. they'll go back to the ones that they used in 2002 when they won the Super Bowl. I, I thought that was probably the best uniform in the NFL. So those were nice. Uh, wasn't that like pewter power or something was like one of, the, one of their slogans? Yeah. Pure was like the first um, color that was introduced into the NFL in mm. like a number of years. So, yeah, but that was that was uh, those were those were sharp. Those were very sharp. But I, I also think it's um, it, it will make it, it will make a lot of conversation for for the Buccaneers as well to have have Brady in the mix. I, mm-hmm. I think that's the bottom line for it is now that people are talking about it. People in New England, but also in Tampa, but also casual football fans are like, oh, well, let's see what happens. Yeah. You, I mean, which is you can't really put a price on that sort of publicity. No, it's it, it, it seems like it's a good like, like like you're just saying, Jason, it seems like it's a good business deal. Brady's getting what, what he wanted for money. They're going to see a, a clear bump in in ticket sales and jerseys and that sort of thing like we talked about. And then there's also the aspect of, you know, for, for the first time, you know, Todd and I have talked about this a few times. It's like, what would it take for, for Brady to, to want to win again, like a seventh time, you know? And I always joked that it was kind of the, the whole, you know, run the table, go 18 and 0 is, is the last, you know, the brass ring, you know, for, for, for them to achieve. But I, I found it interesting in the Instagram that showed him signing his contract he did that. He, he used the word hungry in there. Like, he probably feels very challenged right now. And right. that's a dangerous place for for teams facing Brady to be in because if he's challenged now and, and these guys all kind of start to, to, to buy into his way of thinking, his work ethic and everything, that can be quite transformative for the team, depending on the player. You know, if, if the player's open and is like a, a malleable kind of player that wants to get better and – and, and rise to the occasion, Brady is a very interesting wild card to throw in there because they will they, they will all rise up and, and, and follow him much in the same way the Patriots have in the past. Yeah, we, we talked a second ago about, um, about Brady's mindset. I mean, to play football at that level, to be as competitive as, as he is and to be very methodical as he is, 
that's uh, that's definitely a plus. And even that forty two, he feels that he still has something to offer and still something to prove. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we did the first one of these, Todd, you, you remember one of the things like toward the end, you kind of one of our conclusions but not conclusions was we couldn't quite put our finger on where he could go given his chances to get into the Super Bowl again you know like like Tampa was not a place I would have picked on paper but it was one of the ones that we mentioned though if I remember right, it is it it is but but you have to agree that it, it is kind of an interesting challenge for him now and that could make him very dangerous because we've seen how he thrives in that kind of environment well, yeah, it's uh, and I, I'm totally making this up as I go along, so this could fall apart in a heartbeat. But that's you know pretty much what we do every single episode. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's what I'm going to call the wings factor, because if I remember right, uh, I was reading an article that had talked about Paul McCartney when he was starting Wings, and one of the things that he wanted to do is he actually wanted to start a new band and kind of start at the ground floor and build it. Which I, I might be totally wrong. I'll have to try and find that article. Mm-hmm. Good luck to me. <laughs> but it's that same sort of thing of, of I can understand. Like He's like, okay, if I do it, if I can do something here, then I've really cemented my legacy. Or just mm-hmm. that idea of like, you know what? I'm going to get everything I want, and I can still see this maybe going somewhere. Yeah. You know? that, And I can, I can see that challenge. I can see where he would, he would enjoy that sort of challenge. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's swap over here, and and Jason can also uh, help us out with this one because as a uh, as a Tampa Bay fan living amongst New England fans all this time, <laughs> yeah, he can kind of talk uh, tell us about uh, what that's been like. Which uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> no, no, that's um... <laughs> you've had to deal with with New England fans because I have my own problems with them as well. <laughs> well, uh, well, a little bit of background. Um, I'm from Maine, but when I was about seven or eight years old. Uh, my father got a job in Tampa Clearwater. Oh, he, yeah, he was able to get transferred. So um, I didn't grow up as didn't grow up as a Patriots fan. Pretty mm-hmm. much the a good fringe benefit of uh, my father's position is that he got free season tickets to Tampa State to see the Bucks. Nice. Um, and this dates me a little bit. Um, I, this was about seventy nine, nineteen eighty, and we got to see all the Buck legends like uh, Leroy Selman, who was a quarterback at the time. I, I think it was. Um, it, it it wasn't Steve Young. It wasn't um, Doug, Doug, Williams. Doug Williams, but uh, Leroy Selman and a couple other people. That names are escaping me right now. You must have seen a. Uh, you must have seen Vinny. Uh, no, I uh, we moved out of Tampa like soon after it, but I, I kept my Bucks wow. fandom pretty much all the all the way through. But uh, as a kid, you know, seeing that big crowd at Tampa Stadium and seeing that football game was really amazing. And years later, I got to, you know, when I was in the all-star marching band in Florida, I got to march at Tampa Stadium, which is a lot nice. of fun. Yeah. So that was pretty impressive. And I even got the chance to see a Monday night football game. Oh, on, nice. On live. It was uh, Tampa and the New York Giants. It was that season that they had made the playoffs and they were within like a field goal of going to the Super Bowl. Uh, they were in the they lost to the Rams, which was heartbreaking for uh, for me. So, but people look at it as kind of an oddity that in this maelstrom of Patriots fandom and everyone is really hyped about Brady. I mean, even before Brady came on the scene, you had Patriots fans. But people kind of look at me as an oddity. I mean, they probably look at me as an oddity anyway. But 
but for for my bucket <laughs> don't say that because I play Barry Sachs too. All right, it's, well, it's no, okay. it, for other reasons, but um, but they look they're like you like the Bucks. Why I don't understand that they lose all the time. Who plays in the Bucks? What what city are they from? So yeah, so um, but I always kept my fandom up. I see games whenever I can. They just never broadcast them on on television. They always broadcast some uh, other odd game of the week rather than the half-empty coffers at, at Tampa Stadium or, or was it Raymond James Stadium now? I think uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and of course, the, the one lone relief was the 2002 season where you had John Gruden and you had um, uh, John Lynch. Oh, my God. I, he, greatest Buccaneer of all time with John Lynch. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. He's part of that Super Bowl team. Yeah, but I mean, not work done or even all start? Oh, all star I really liked. Um, John Lynch is my favorite. Next to Leroy Selman, who was the very first Buccaneer. A couple other, um, I think uh, Trent Dilfer also played for the Bucks. Brad Johnson. Yep. You look at a couple other. Uh, Steve Young at one point. Yeah. Was it? Was he the one that he played in the like the Blizzard game and the Bucks were in all white? <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Oh, uh, was, I, yeah, it, it was a, a tough thing to see. And I, you think that they would have some darker uniforms for that, or they would have color on color. But it was, I remember that it was all white and it was snowing. Yeah. And then there was a, and then if I remember right, when Vinny, Vinny Testaverde was playing for him, they, then they said, oh, well, he's colorblind. That's why he can't, he, he keeps on throwing interceptions. Like, one is light, the other is dark. <laughs> <laughs> So unless the contrast is broken in Vinny's in Vinny's noggin, oh, I don't boy. I don't know that that's actually the problem. Oh. Vinny threw a lot of interceptions. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And if I remember right, I think Trent Dilfer was known as like the Mad Bomber when he was when he was playing there. Or he something, just threw it in anything. He, yeah. But it, it's so weird to find that all these quarterbacks that went through Tampa Bay system, uh, Doug Williams, Steve Young, yeah. Trent Dilfer. All when they left Tampa Bay, that's when they had the renown, and that's when they played in Super Bowls. I mean, yeah. nobody remembers Steve Young from his time in Tampa. They remember him with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Nobody remembers, um, uh, you know, Doug Williams won his Super Bowl ring with the Redskins. Yep. And had one of the greatest Super Bowl performances ever. Uh, yes. Up until, like, I mean, up until maybe 10. Gosh, I mean, maybe. Yeah, up until like the past like t- decade, I mean, really, still stood as one of the great performances ever. Um, Some people four, still regard four, it as one of the greatest yeah. performances ever. I mean, it was. I think he had four touchdowns in that game, over four hundred yards passing. I mean, it was unreal. They played the Dolphins, I think. Um, and by the way, that's my brother's team. Oh. <laughs> so it it was the rivalry that divided the house at one point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my brother is a big. Dan Marino fan, you know, died in the wool and big fan of the Dolphins still, you know, he picked, mm-hmm. he picked the Dolphins. I picked Tampa for whatever reason, but well, because that's just the way brothers work, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the way it works in a family. Like, Oh, you like this? I like this. Uh, yeah. You know, I, yeah. He, he, yeah. um, he has cultivated his fandom over time. And the, the one thing that I, I mean, he had so much to say about Tom Brady, even though, you, you know, for for the most part, he just kept scoring on them. Yeah, although that was one of those teams that, for whatever reason, always gave Brady a hard time. Right, always, even when they stunk, you could always just count on. Especially when they were in Miami, it was like just it was like pulling teeth for them to get out of there with a win. Oh, 
it was wretched as a Patriots fan to watch those games. It yes, really was. It was. It was. Oh, my gosh. Right. So talking about the Patriots here, uh, I just thought I'd point this out. For the first time in 18 years, 18 years, the Patriots are heading into a season with someone other than Tom Brady at the top of their QB death, depth chart. Right. And actually, if you want to go even further, this is the, really the first New England Patriots quarterback overhaul in almost 30 years. Basically, since the Pats had to choose between Drew Bledsoe and Rick Meyer in the 1993 draft. Wow. Because, I mean, I don't really count Bledsoe to Brady because that happened because of injury, even though it was kind of if you read some of the the books, which I have because I'm I'm a dork, uh, specifically Michael Hawley's Patriot Rain book. They kind of liked Brady enough to keep him around, even though he took up a roster spot they would have loved for something else. But they wanted to keep him. So they might have been trying to move Bledsoe out eventually. But I don't take that as like a, as an overhaul because it wasn't like, hey, we have to do something in very public. It was back to like early 90s when you had another moment like this, which is insane to, when you think about how quickly quarterbacks turn over in the NFL. So right now, uh, as we're recording this on March 22nd, uh, the <laughs> this hurts to even say it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is the Patriots depth chart, ladies and Embrace gentlemen. Embrace it, brother. Embrace it. Uh, and I can't even. This isn't even really a depth chart. This is the this is the Patriots uh, quarterback scrum, shall we say? <laughs> Brian Hoyer, Jarrett Stidham, and uh, Jarrett is J A double R E double T. Thank you. And uh, and Cody Kessler, and oh and gosh. and Hoyer signed on the condition that he would be able to compete for the starting job. So they're, it's not even like they signed him and they're thinking like, hey, he's our stopgap. Apparently, this is just an all-out competition. Whoever wins. Wow. I, I, I don't remember anything like this since back when we had Scott Zolak, oh, God. Uh, Hugh Millen, and Tommy Hodson. Oh, Scott Zolak. <laughs> you're, ki- I mean, you're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. <laughs> dark days, ladies and gentlemen. Dark days for the quarterback position. Uh, we're back to quarterback by committee. Wonderful. Oh, oh good Lord. It's going to be rough. But anyway, so – Anybody, please tell me what the plan is for 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from just like throw the cards in the air and go, Help! well, well, and, and, and should we also talk about the the other quarterbacks that are out there that the Patriots could sign? Oh, well, I actually look this up and this is this is terrifying right now. Let me just tell you. Folks. Jameis Winston's one of them, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Jameis Winston. I've heard that rumor. Top option. He's the top option. That's the best option you have, because after that, you have broken down Joe Flacco. Underneath that, you have you have Drew Stanton, Josh McCown, Trevor Simeon, Mike. Uh, no, Mike. Mike Glennon. Did he get signed? Uh, uh, I don't think, don't think I so. I think this is updated. Blaine Gabbert. Yep. Ugh. Matt Moore. <laughs> Hasn't Matt Moore been around for like thirty years? He seems like, or is it, or is there two different Matt Moores that I'm combining into one super Matt Moore? Possibly. Possibly. Okay. Uh, then we have Joe Webb, Blake Bortles, Geno Smith. Oh, God, no. I know. He's probably working a 7-Eleven somewhere in Jersey. <laughs> uh, David, David fails. Mark, San- Mark Sanchez out there? No? Okay. I, I think he actually might be signed with somebody. Seriously? He might be. I oh, don't know. Uh, Kyle Slaughter, which I honestly, I think that one just got made up. They tossed that in there. <laughs> uh, Brandon Allen, Matt Sims, and Josh Woodrum. What about Cam Newton? Uh, he wasn't on the list. Oh, uh, actually, come on. Or, or wait a minute. Is he on the next page? 
I don't know. This is his 10 of 16. I don't, I don't know. Maybe Cam Newton's still out there. Who knows? Uh, but if, if Cam Newton is still, in fact, out there, Joe Flacco, Winston, and Newton are your top three. Jeez. Yeah. Slim Pickens ain't, ain't exactly uh, a, a way to put that. Yeah, it's, so, it's going to be a good season, boys. <laughs> so, so uh, Tim, salute. <laughs> salute, brother. Anyways. It's, it's so, going to be interesting. As, as far as I can tell, basically the plan is, and, I, and the other piece to keep in mind here is the Patriots are going into the season with $23 million in dead money against the cap. Yeah. So obviously – I think they're kind of doing what uh, Baltimore did uh, several years ago, and basically, actually before Flacco got there, and then I think they did it again a couple of years ago, where they just took their lumps all in one season and mm-hmm. just ripped the Band-Aid off and said, just get rid of all the money this year, and we'll come out on the other side yeah. uh, fresh and try again. Yeah, That's the only thing I can think of, because yeah. none of these guys are making money, and they have not really done a whole lot to re-sign some of the... Uh, I think they let a couple of different guys go, and I, so it's it just so so it's, it's looking like it's a rebuilding year this year is what you're saying. Uh, it might be a reboot, reimagining. I don't think anyone uses the rebuilding word anymore because ticket sales tend to plummet. Uh, <laughs> is it a bridge year? Can we can we rip that one from the Red Sox? Is it a bridge year? Sure, why not? So uh, that's all I can think of. I mean, because th- there's no way that you're really thinking you're going to be competitive with any of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 hard to say. I mean, I I don't have a lot of info on on Stidman or Stidham, Stidham, Jarrett Stidham. The fact you didn't even know his name says a whole lot, right there. <sighs> Jeff Jarrett. Whoops, wrong Jarrett. Um, Stedman. Stedman is always oh, that's, <laughs> that's Oprah's guy. Never mind. Never mind. I mean, we have a little bit of experience with Hoyer, uh, Kessler. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a little dicey there. It's it's not really clear. And and the, the the thing is, I'm looking at the depth chart on ESPN for the Patriots, and I don't know that they've done a lot to upgrade in the wide receiver department either. Oh no. You know, I mean, you 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 have Muhammad Sanu Senior, you have Nikhil Harry, and yep. Matt Matt Lacosi at tight end. It's like gosh, Lacoste, Lacoste, Lacosi. That's what I'm calling him. <laughs> All right, so apparently there's some history here with with Tim and. and <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm 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 a little underwhelmed at the moment. Um, I guess this is the new reality we have to kind of accept as fans because yeah, it's it's uh, I, I mean at least at running back we we got Sony Michelle and James White still and Rex Burkhead, but oh goody, but I don't know uh, what that immediately results in as far as the 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 2020 campaign it it doesn't seem like it seems like anything you know above wouldn't you say eight and eight or nine and seven would be generous at this point yes okay okay yeah so jason you you tell me would you as a as a bucks fan and as a as a Jameis winston fan ish uh (laughs) how would you feel if the patriots signed him would it be would it be enjoyable to you as you then get to watch Brady and all the all the primetime games? What is that? What is that German word taking pleasure in the pain of others? Yeah, I, 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 I think um, oh, taking I, I take no pleasure in pain, even if Jameis Winston, you know, I when I meant for Patriots fans, just watching interception after interception. Yeah, and I, I'm, I may bag on him quite a bit. And and that's also because of his horrible performance in the Rose Bowl. It it was I don't even like to look at it. Where he did the nasty plunge, you know, in the back of the field. So 
Oh, jeez. Yeah, um, that was that was tough to to watch, but um, I do want to see him succeed. I I think um, the Patriots signing him makes a lot of sense. You think that would actually cut down on him giving away the ball? You think that's that's something that's fixable, or is that because it didn't seem like he was always that bad at it? He's a good quarterback, regardless of uh, of his. I, it, I mean, if you take away his ints, um, his numbers speak volumes. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, if you take a look at his numbers, um, it's good. I, mean, I, I think the thing was just his uh, interceptions. Um, it'd be interesting to see what he would do under Bill Belichick to kind of temper that. Would he, you know, yeah. would they run the ball more, and then they would be able to open up their offense a little bit more? So uh, mm-hmm. I think that would make sense. I think Cam Newton would make sense. I think uh, Blake Bortles would make sense. I I really like him. I I think he he still has a lot to offer. I think he um, what Blake Burles is he played with the Jaguars, but now he plays with the Rams. It looks like yeah, or he he uh, he backed up Goff this past year, didn't he? Yes, that's right. Okay, so. I just something about Blake Bortles. I just I don't. Oh. I I would I I would see the this, this is where I'm at right now. You've actually talked me into thinking that Jameis Winston would be a good option. Right. So I'm I'm all in on that because why not? Um, it's not my money, <laughs> and uh, and you know what? I could I could even see Newton. I would rather see, I would honestly rather see Stidham, and see what what he has before you get into like Bortles. I was glad when they when there's basically been there's a talk about Andy Dalton and stuff like that. I'm like, no, just, <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, at least with Newton, you know, it's like for two years, and he's and and maybe he has something in the tank that he's healthy again, might be exciting to watch. With with Winston, at least he's a young player. Like you can hope that there's something that you can do with him over a, a period of time. But man, Bortles or Dalton, like ugh. Todd, it's you like, you <laughs> would appreciate this. I, I'm I'm looking at a Nesson article about the possibilities. Blake Bortles is one of them, and and they have quotes of what Belichick said about each of these guys. And there's an analysis piece at the end. And for Blake Bortles, it basically says. I, like, I won't read you what Belichick wrote, you know, said, but it says Belichick has praised Bortles' rushing ability over the years but never has much to say about his passing prowess. That might just be telling. Maybe Belichick will sign Bortles and move him to tight end. <laughs> oh. <laughs> which, would well, be, hey. which would be the Belichick thing to do because that's like all he drafts is tight ends. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Again, it's not my money if, you, if that's oh, what you want to do. Gosh. Just don't let him anywhere near the, the quarterback. What do you spot, think about Newton, sure. though? I mean, if he's healthy – yeah, yeah. Uh, but the thing is, I, I just I have never yet seen a running quarterback hold together once they start falling apart. Once the, once you get a couple injuries, then it's just you're just throwing money into it. It's almost like getting like one of those cars where they're like, oh, it's it looks beautiful. It sounds beautiful until about three years down the road and then the repairs start. Yeah. It's like getting a Jaguar. I mean, you're, but you're this gonna, would be Newton under <sighs> Belichick's system. Oh, and I understand that, but that doesn't keep guys from getting hurt. Well, yeah, they you, you they, they're going to make sure the, that. the O-line is is solid, but yeah. Well, that I mean his his style of play, granted, he's a running quarterback who also is an excellent passer. He's all he, he's always done very well as a passer, I feel. But man, it kind of relies on him moving around and when you start moving around, you're raising your chances of getting hit. Yeah. You know. But uh I I mean yeah, that's why, the one that's again, most interesting for me is 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 Cam Newton because I think it would be interesting to see a mobile quarterback under a Belichick system where he already runs a, a, a ton of check down sort of plays and you know he he's very much you know surgical 
and, and a lot of the a lot of the surgical aspect of the passing game came from Brady. Could Newton replicate that? Possibly, but it for me it's kind of interesting to have a guy mobile behind center to factor into some of the sort of plays that that Belichick likes to run and and kind of the way he likes to mess with defenses. But that is yeah. me fantasy booking that one. <laughs> so I don't know I don't know if reality would bear that out or not. So <laughs> I would I would say my the ones I would be excited about would be because Jason talked me into him. I'll, I'll go Winston, yeah, um, Newton, and then I want to see Stidham. Like, hey, give me the kid. Let me let's see what he has. Yeah, and let's let's get it out of the way right now. Yeah, how, uh, the, how old the is Stidham? Uh, he was drafted in 2019. Oh wow! So I'm gonna guess he is 23. Yeah. What yeah, college so he's did he come out of? Uh, Stidham, Auburn. It was Auburn. Okay. Yep. Oh. Yep. I, I, I mean, know very little about him, so. Nobody does. As, Nobody as, knows as do I. <laughs> <laughs> we are he an equal one, footing, my friend. <laughs> right. He had one interception and 14 yards passing in uh in the 2019 season. Yep. That's his. Uh, that's it. But uh, I mean, why not? That's I would I would take those two guys and then Stidham, and the first two I'm kind of even like, eh, okay. I mean, why not? That sort of thing. Yeah. So now I guess the question is. Uh, for for either for well for all of us, what do y'all think the best case for the Patriots over the next two years is? Or let's actually forget about it. Not even two years. What's the best case scenario this year in terms? What's what's the best case scenario in terms of wins this year? I think I'm going to go conservative again and say eight or nine at most. It's just it's it's hard to say given the wide receiving core how well they'll really do. I, I feel like running-wise, we have a lot of weapons still, and there's still that ability to run a lot of the same schemes that, that Belichick seems to like to gravitate towards. Um, it's just a question of when push comes to shove from, from a passing perspective, are the wide receivers going to be there the way they need to be? And, and you know, Edelman – I, I mean, I, I want to say Edelman is, is solid, but Edelman no longer has the guy he was in lockstep with. And so I, I don't know how that's yeah. going to play out now. I don't know that if Stidham is in there, if it's going to be the same as when Brady was there, where, where you could clearly see that he and Edelman have a rapport. I don't know beyond that what sort of rapport he's going to have with any of the other guys. But at least for the running backs, I mean, all I mean to, to have the depth that they have, I mean, Rex Burkhead was, was phenomenal for, through uh, a good chunk of the season. Um, he, was always, he always seemed like a go-to guy they went to for, for getting some yards when they needed it. And then defense-wise, I, I just don't, I don't know what sort of upgrades they've made. Uh, I, I know that I believe they've signed over the last couple of weeks a couple of guys to the defense, but it's it's you know, sadly I have not done my research on like you, sir. But well, uh, no, I I haven't kept track of a lot of those other. But I feel like it's just going to be kind of a middling sort of year for them this year. You know, I I don't have high expectations because, and not just from a quarterback perspective, I I just don't have a sense of how this offensive core is really going to work because. Even though they went twelve and four last year, it just seemed like there was something lacking. Oh, and they had they had a bunch of cupcakes too. They, yeah, they had a yeah. bunch of easy games out the gate. Oh yeah. Um, so we've we've been to the sunny side of the street. Now, how about we go over to uh, reality for <laughs> for the outside perspective on this? Uh, Jason, what do you think is the best case scenario for wins this year for the Pats? Um, depends on the quarterback. If you had to pick between, if there, it's either. Let's just say for right now, it's going to be either Hoyer or Stidham. Tough to call. Um, 
I, I know very little about Hoyer, so I'm 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 sorry I don't have uh, <laughs> great information with that. But um, but just like Tim was saying, you know, he, Edelman had somebody that he was uh, really tight with, and he, he knew pretty much what to do. It was like peas and carrots, like mm. putting it together. But um, th- th- that's a very tough call. I, I'm not even sure you know, where to go from there, but it, it would be depending on their quarterback. Uh, Stidham, I would probably have to do a little bit more research on him, but, uh, but if he is as good as, um, if he, if he's as good as he was in Auburn, at least what I remember from a couple years ago, we'll, we'll have to see. I, I still think it will be 10 wins at the very most. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I guess I think he's I'm being gonna... nice to us because he just got Tom Brady. Well, <laughs> I, I think so. He's still in the honeymoon phase. Yeah, talk to me six months from now. Everything is lovely. Birds are singing. It's it's all just, dogs and cats you know. living together. You know, I know. <laughs> well, here comes the mass hysteria because I'm I'm gonna actually say, I'm gonna say best case scenario, six or seven wins. Really? Yep. Yep. I that's I think. I, well, I and that's as presently constructed. If they were to actually go out and try and get like uh, like Winston or Newton, then I would say, all right, then you know maybe they're going to try and do some other upgrades and they're really going to make a push for it. If if this is really who what their plan is, then I think they're going to start shaving off some of the older players. I think they're going to draft a bunch to bring in a bunch of kids, bring in a lot of like upside kind of guys, and really clean house and try to try to replenish and, and even out a roster that has kind of had these peaks and valleys in different spots throughout the years, uh, the last like 10 years specifically. I think that's more what direction they're going to go in. And I think in that, in that case, it's almost Belichick going to Kraft and saying, Hey, this year is going to suck. We're going to dump a lot of salary and we're going to try and uh, even everything out and, and get some new players in here and build it from the ground up again. That's just what I think if, if this is how it ends up, now, if they do something different, eh, maybe I would say eight, nine wins. And I mean, that's that, that's a fair assessment because, I mean, we're, we're we're dealing with with really an unknown quantity at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's to, to, to not have Brady is is a huge change in that offense. And, you know, to, to, to try to think that they can just I, I believe a lot of the Patriots success is about Belichick's system. But at the same time given some of the the roster as it shakes out right now i just don't know if they have the manpower in place to execute that system yeah and 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 that's that's the biggest question mark and that's why i i would go eight or nine wins at most is i have faith that belichick could could put together something with the talent they have to to make a respectable run it mm-hmm. just can't be the sort of run that we would have had with brady i i, I think and, and that's where i think we all i mean most of us agree is that there is going to be a step backward. It's just a question of, of what are the degrees of, of stepping backward is it going to be? Yeah. You're, you're going very long, which, which I can totally understand. Um, I'm more in the middle, and, and, and Jason's being very kind to us because he got Tom Brady. So Right. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for the 10-win vote. I appreciate it. Yeah. Where, can we cash that in later for me? <laughs> the funniest part is when the season plays out, if he ends up being right, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> Well, in that case, then he's taking. I mean, he he's already said that he's going to start his own podcast now, and he's going to quickly outpace us. There we go. Because, there we go. Oh no, no, that's not not as good as this podcast. 
<laughs> oh, okay. Again, everything is You're lovely. Everything is wonderful. <laughs> I wouldn't even know uh, who they have uh, who they have on as guests. I'm I'm guessing you know some of my friends, but it seems like you guys have got locked down. Uh, well, thank you. We're well. It's it's twenty episodes in. We're there's plenty of time to fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Last All episode, right. I was negotiating with agents to get him booted out in favor of his friend. So, <laughs> yeah, I thought. Well, we do we do double redundancy. That's why if one of us falls apart, hopefully the other one can keep going. <laughs> well, that's good. You know, we we uh, like to have a backup system in place. Yes. All right. Well, uh, I think we've we've had uh, we've kind of gone the highs and the lows. So let's uh, move on to and another thing. And another thing. Now uh, this is the part of the podcast where we actually try to redeem ourselves. If we dug ourselves into a hole, we've done a pretty good job this week, so I'm not feeling too bad. Uh, this is kind of like. <laughs> This is more of the, the cherry, or uh, if you're like me and you just throw the cherry off the top of the sundae, uh, this is the hot sauce that is, uh, or the hot fudge, I should say. Hot sauce is like... Uh, <laughs> hot sauce. You throw, hot tabasco, <laughs> you throw Tabasco yeah. on that thing, man? Yeah. We go together like Chinese food and chocolate pudding. Let's face No, it. I'm always thinking of, because I, I, like, we, uh, when I grew up, I never had, like, we didn't do hot fudge at my house. It was always just like the, came out of the bottle and that's what you did, because, you know, that's just what we did. Right. You know, other places where, oh, we made our own home, you know, homemade hot fudge. I'm like, you know, oh, just whatever. Uh, so I just, I always thought of this, I just kind of abbreviated that in my head as hot sauce. And it came out that way. I'm like, that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> so anyway, this is, this is the, this is a delicious topping. How about that? It's a delicious topping on top of your Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, let's, uh, Jason, did you have anything that you wanted to contribute for in another thing, a recommendation perhaps for listeners? You mean related to football or some something else? Anything at all? It's this. This is wide open, my friend. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Wide open. Um, okay. You talked about my solo record. I appreciate that so much. I am currently writing and uh, collaborating for a second one. Nice. Whether whether I um, when I'll start recording that I don't know, but um, the the people I'm collaborating with now for that are just top notch people. The West End Mules. They. Nice. Yeah, they're like my second family. <laughs> Wrestling is my hey, first, now, and the West End Mules are my second. But I love them both equally. What uh, What's your website again? Because I'm I'm blanking on it. Sure, right now. Uh, JasonWardSacks.com, um, and I haven't updated it in an ice age, but I'm gonna probably do that coming up pretty soon. Uh, cool. We don't have any recent shows on the horizon right now, but we do have a show with with you in September. I know that. That's right. That's right. That's right. I actually I might cut this out because I have not actually put together all of my promo for that. Oh, okay. Uh, I I'll but that's all right. I am super I am super actually you know what? I I might just leave that in cuz honestly who really knows and who really listens to this. Uh, but <laughs> way to sell it, man. Way to sell it. <laughs> you know. The one thing I will say so so two two quick things. Uh number one, if I can be so actually three things. First question is a first is a question. The last rustic, uh, the the most recent rustic album. Yes, because I've seen it listed two different ways. Is it is it is it an epimo- oh, My gosh, e- eponymous. I, I always mess- eponymous. Yes, yeah. Or, or is it called self-titled? It's called Rustic Overtones. Okay, because I've seen it listed as self-titled, and I'm like, that is kind of really cool if that's the case, because <laughs> it's going to mess with everybody. It, um, it might be. Um, I didn't, I, you know, I see some advertising with it called self-titled. I suppose that's yeah, uh, also a good way to look at it. But um, if it's self-titled, then it's Rustic Overtones. 
the other thing is, if I might put in a request, if you guys are going to do a show, I would love to hear you guys. Like, honestly, I would love to hear you do that entire album front to back, just as a show. Yeah, uh, because I think it's that solid and that good of an album. Um, um, I'm in the same boat. Um, I, I'd say out of um, out of all the songs that we've rehearsed on the record, we probably have done probably about half of those. But I would love to, you know, when we get up and running again, I would love to be able to rehearse all of it just so we can do a a show just so we have th- that to choose from but to do that yeah. album in its entirety it, it would be special for me but also um i i think it would also pose a, a really good challenge for all of us yeah musically and emotionally um i agree i i mentioned i meant that was one of my and another things on a previous podcast and uh it is a fantastic album i think everybody should own it but then again i've also been on record for many years saying that uh, if there was justice and taste in this world, that rustic overtones would rule the airwaves. Um, so take that for what you will. Oh, thank um, you. I just, I just think people are a little too into genre. Like, oh, no, it has to fit into this box. I'm like, yeah, well, too bad. These guys don't fit into any box. <laughs> and they're absolutely awesome at multiple genres and sounding fantastic. So why don't you like them? Yeah. Well, one of the things that we all always did, I mean, we always pretty much stayed true to our inspiration we didn't feel like we had to put ourselves in the box. Um, like, um, I, I mean, if you take a look at any rustic album, it's, it's kind of across the board as far as styles, as far as like influences, but it also, it, it measures inspired moments and, and stuff that mm-hmm. we can do to stretch ourselves. So I, for this record, particularly the, the late Dave noise had this concept of, um, if, if, if I get this right, a, a Brazilian rock and roll that came from, the underground in the 1960s as kind of a premise to work on. You know, th- this was music that came out of um, uh, government oppression of the junta in Brazil, not thinking very fondly of rock and roll, but you have these bands that were inspired to, to make this stuff regardless of the cost that it, it might have come behind it. So, so that concept was really good. And it was, um, it was something that, we put forth towards this record and we um we came out with a really good product at least i i i think so from from that i I would agree um i i would i would try and say what my favorite song off of it is uh but it rotates so i won't what's your favorite song right at this Uh, point you can tell me i i always go back to um i bounce back to and i'm going to Actually, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to look up because I've I've wanted to say it wrong so many <laughs> times because I, I I did college radio for an awfully long time. Yeah. And so every song name and every band name sounds vaguely familiar because I've seen so many weird ones that my brain is just this mishmash of stuff that I wish made sense. Uh, an ode to nodes. Yeah. Which I always I always wanted to say an ode to noise. You know, I think I, yeah, I, a lot of people uh, say that, and um, uh, that song was really unique because it came. Um, w- one of the things that we did when uh, Dave Noyes passed away, we were looking at um, some of the stuff they left behind, some of the song ideas. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Dave wrote a song pretty much based on this chord progression that Dave wrote. So the the recording that you hear of him playing piano and you hear a little bit of his voice behind it. Yeah. Uh, you hear a little bit. Yeah. It's uh it's a great reminder of it. And he tells you pretty much exactly how it's supposed to be played. It's supposed to go to a minor chord. Um, yeah. And and that was really, 
I I get choked up just talking about it, and um, it it means a lot for us for so many reasons. Like um, you know, we have the backing track on stage with us, so he's always with us in more than in more than one one way. Yeah. So, and I think one of the other one of the other ones that always makes it a, a, the triumph of one I I like just because it's just that it, that is it, my I, personal I, favorite I, off the record. I love that. That is. Um, that's all Dave Noyes. He wrote that riff, that horn riff, oh. to make it sound like um, I, I. I guess that's kind of a, a, a reggae horn riff or something that was based upon um, mm-hmm. uh, that. But I remember recording it distinctly out of all the stuff that we did, and I was really floored. I'm like, I want to play this song now. Yeah, yeah and it's so much and fun then, to play uh, in the set. And then the one I I do I like, and I liked even better once I found out a little bit of background because. Uh, uh, Dave Gutter actually commented on one of my posts when I I threw it up there. Is a uh, noir. Oh yeah, um, and we haven't just knowing that. the story behind that. Oh my gosh, that song kicks ass. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I like that too. Oh man. Anyways, I could I could literally talk about rustic. This will have to be another podcast entirely because right now Tim is falling asleep. No, I'm I'm uh, very <laughs> much with. I I need to I I need to uh, investigate and explore this. Uh, sadly, Jason, I I haven't listened to a lot, but. Uh, Todd is Todd, like well, like one of the things I appreciate of our, our friendship over the years is he has opened my eyes to, you know, to different bands, different styles. And so uh, he he's he talked about this this recent record, I think, a couple of podcasts ago, um, which I still need to go listen. So, yeah, it's 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 definitely something to check out. I'm as he's mentioned, uh, you know, last last episode was all about Rush. So I am very much about bands that are outside of the box. Uh, yeah. Not not locked into a genre. Uh, very, very much like to sample and hear different styles and and so yeah so it's it's definitely definitely something of interest to me tim do you have a streaming service like uh spotify or apple music i do yes okay yep. it, yep. it's spotify. on it's on all the streaming services so bon appetit yeah just um absolutely yeah absolutely. I, I think most of our albums are on there if i'm not mistaken you know there are a couple that aren't uh for whatever reason but i, I the new one is definitely uh, a couple of the older ones are as well. So, um, yeah. So, so yeah, that's good. And and that's kind of the beauty of streaming services. Although I, I believe that you should buy your music too, but mm-hmm, if, if there's mm-hmm. a band that you haven't heard of, the streaming service makes it easy. I mean, we're a nation of convenience and you know, we want it yeah. now, we want it right now and to be able to hear it right now. Well, and, yeah. and, and given what I do where I'm working from home right now a lot, it's actually much easier because I don't have people coming up to my desk interrupting me, so I can actually sit and listen listen to an album if I want to for a couple hours because I'm completely uninterrupted. So right, <laughs> absolutely. And absolutely. Tim's never going back to the office. What's and that? while you're at it, what you can do is you can also stream the Ultimate, which is on all platforms. Nice. Yeah. You so go. you'll be able to absolutely. kind of compare and contrast. Um, and very cool. There's a lot of people think it sounds like a rustic record. I, I tend to disagree about that. Because it's mostly all instrumental, and it comes from like a different place than a rustic record would. But um, but it, it's something that um, I'm still really really proud of, of that record and the effort that we took to go behind it. And that all my friends were pretty much on board for it. So you can check that out as well. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Tim gets homework this week. That's right. <laughs> all right. It. So what? So sir, what is your uh, and another thing this week? Uh, for me, um, this one comes a, a, as a bit of an inspiration for my oldest. Uh, last night, uh, and, and, and it's kind of a recommendation I'm throwing out there, given the, the times we are in as we are under lockdown, so to speak. Um, 
Uh, it's it's a it's a game called Jackbox.tv. Basically, it's uh, think of Pictionary mixed with. Uh, do, do you remember the game You Don't Know Jack? Yeah, I used to have that on PlayStation. Exactly, you and I used to play it. Yeah, and so w- what it is is it's, it's after drinking malt liquor, uh, which was always absolutely really interesting. <laughs> well. You know, you got to throw a curveball in there every once in a while. Um, <laughs> but 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 we played it last night as a family, and it was it was really cool because it's this game where um, basically you can doodle like you you enter you know who's playing. You can and uh, and it, what it what it's all based off of is you all have your you know we all have phones. And so you all kind of, um, if, you've, if you've ever done Kahoot before, it's kind of like a, a quiz app or something like that that you can do through mm-hmm. a web browser. This is similar. You you enter in like a code, and so you're all kind of locked into the same game. And what it basically does is everyone gets a subject, and they have to draw what that subject is, kind of like Pictionary. And then mm. and then you have to kind of hook. This is all run from a computer, so you, you, you do your drawing on your phone, but the computer's kind of running the game. Um, and then you try to guess what it is, and you can actually type in what you think it is um, based on what the you know the the player drew, and so you can come up with some kind of crazy guesses and stuff. And so people then guess based on the the pool of guesses of what it really is, and you get points based on that. So, it, anyways, it's it's done very much in the vein of you don't know Jack. It's very funny, um, you know, like huh. there's commentary in it and just goofy humor in it and stuff. And so, anyway, so it's just a lot of fun. Just an idea given the. Uh, the 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 time we're in right now, where where we're just kind of indoors a lot and stuff, that that is just kind of a fun game to play, kind of on the TV with with the phones with with uh, with folks. So, so nice. if you have a chance, it's called Jackbox TV. Sweet, I might I am definitely going to go after that because we're we're starting to hit, um, as you might say, the outer rim of Disney Plus. <laughs> 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 and what's available there? I was actually I was actually watching like uh as a, well the kind of cool thing with with Disney Plus is you have like the National Geographic stuff yeah that's tagged onto there and so I was watching like Gordon Ramsay's like whatever show where he's out adventuring and cooking and all that which I'm like this is weird but okay fine whatever it's weird because he's I'll, not yelling at people well it's it's <laughs> funny because he's still cussing up a storm but they're bleeping it out left and right and I'm watching it with my daughter and I'm just like. Well, you know, this is Gordon Ram. This is one of the greatest chefs on the planet, and he cusses like a sailor. So, yeah, <laughs> enjoy, kid. I I, um, I think your daughter and, and 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 your wife would really enjoy Jackbox TV. It's it's really just just a very lighthearted, goofy sort of thing, and it just kind of uh, it, it it gets kind of addictive. You want to play like a few rounds of it just just because it's just fun. So, all right, so it's neat. I will I will give that a look. Uh, and my and another thing, um, and I've I've talked about uh, this is a. A wonderful day because I get to talk about two of my favorite bands. Uh, I get to talk about L- Rustic a little bit, and now I get to talk about Tower of Power. Nice. Oh, because uh, now you're talking. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now you're talking. So uh, I one of my and another things uh, a few months ago was uh, Tower of Power's album from last year, which debuted number one on the R&B charts. It's their first ever number one top album, which is just criminal i think uh it, that was soul side of town this year they they released uh and actually just this past week they released a new album called step up and it was actually recorded all of the songs for these two albums were recorded kind of all together and so they just kind of divvied up whatever songs sounded best together and they have two albums in two years uh this album is has a distinctly different feel i think and oh my gosh it kicks all the ass as far as I'm concerned. But then again, uh, I'm kind of already in the bag for these folks. 
so far right now, I will say my favorite uh, songs on this probably, I would have to say the single, which uh, is, <laughs> this is the other fun thing. So Tower Power has made two music videos in their career. 30 years apart <laughs> they did back in the mid 80s for their song credit which i will link in the show notes which i believe is on youtube and it's at, like it's not even it's not even like 280 pixels <laughs> it's just like the most horrible resolution you could ever imagine uh and it shows the band for all of like two seconds in the entire video and they just re- uh, made a new music video for kind of the single off of this album uh which is oh my gosh uh, look in my eyes uh, and I'll also link that in the show notes because it actually is a good, really, really good video. And it's also a really good song. That would probably be one of my favorite along with the, the title track. And um, probably You to One is actually another one. But uh, Any Excuse Will Do is also really good. So just go to go get the album for crying out loud. Go buy it on CD. Well, no, you can't buy it really on CD right now. Go stream the crap out of it and, and get these guys <laughs> some cash. Uh, they are a soul band that has been playing soul music since 1968. Wow. Sweet mama jamma. Yeah. And to have a band that is that much tenure and actually right now has three original members uh, touring with them because Rocco, the original bass player, uh, is now permanently just off the road. He can no longer he can no longer go out and play probably because they can't get him insured anymore. He's had so many medical problems. Yeah, he, He's been in rough shape for a long time, but um, I, yeah. I think he does play on this record a little bit. I, I I think so because it, his style, even though the guy that they have touring with him is amazing. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, I, I went down to Brooklyn Bowl uh, back in October to see them, and I was blown away by this guy. I'm like, this guy is is fantastic, and he's looking over at Garibaldi as he's playing stuff, and kind of raising the eyebrows. And you I, like Garibaldi actually cracked a smile. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> that that's he's, tough. He. He's like the angry grandpa of the band, just like kids getting on my lawn. They um, they were supposed to play New Hampshire this week. They were supposed to play the the Tupelo Music Hall in Derry, which is the closest that oh. they would have gotten to Portland. So, but um, well, actually, uh, they're supposed to play in Hampton, I think, in August. Yeah, I'm I'm going to that show. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah. and um, I've told Todd about this, but uh, there's going to be a local surprise of Tower and Power coming up. Probably around the same time. Oh. I'll leave it at that. Oh. I'll leave it at that. Um, I'm involved I'm, with it, I'm get, and that's all. I'm I getting can, the vapors. That's all I can say about it. All right. Well, good. I love secrets. That's that's fantastic because yeah. then that gives me something that I can pimp later on the Great. show. All right. So I think that just about wraps up this episode. Thank you so much, Jason, for bearing with us and for contributing to the to the show. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Appreciate uh, it so much. I hope you've enjoyed it and and enjoy uh, Tom Brady for the next two years. Uh, <laughs> Two years. As as we try and figure out the, the Hoyer, Stidham, Kessler, three-headed quarterback Beast monster. of doom. Gosh. <laughs> uh, you know, it was a nice run. It was a nice run. Uh, but right now, a thank you to all of our listeners who uh, have downloaded this and have been listening and subscribing and all that. Uh, feel free to share it with a friend. Feel free to share it with an enemy. Again, we have zero to no standards. And, uh, you know, as as usual, I will now hand this off to Tim, the more sensible of the two idiots running this show. Oh, dear and Lord. let him take us home. Well, it's 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 hard as a Patriots fan, at least for me, to, to complain about the state of things. It's it's been a it's been a great run. Mm. Uh, ma- many thanks 
to uh, to TB12. We we very mm-hmm. much appreciate the memories and and to to Jason and and the Tampa fans. You are in good hands. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. excited to see kind of what happens there and. And, and and now we embark on, on, on a journey into the unknown. There be dragons, so to speak. And so oh boy. May, may, <laughs> may, may Belichick and Kraft guide us uh, as, 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 as Picard and Riker guided the Enterprise. Uh, but <laughs> oh, you're, you're, trying to, you're just trying to get me drinking now, aren't you? Kind of but, feel queasy. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah, it's it's it, it's been a good run, and it'll be interesting to see where where the Patriots go from here. Uh, uh, so 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 Brady, thank you again, and uh, and Jason, thank you for, for for joining us. Give give rustic uh, rustic overtones a listen. And Jason, what what's your album again? Uh, it's called the Ultimate. You can find it on my website, jasonwardsax.com, uh, streaming on all services. But um, but I have physical copies on CD and vinyl. I would love to be able to sell you vinyl. Excellent, excellent. Oh, so, so give it, it a listen. Fantastic on vinyl. I'm just going to say that. Thank give you. it a listen. Get the get the vinyl and uh, and and above all else, please hit the lights on your way out. I took the wrong way. Quit drinking. I beg your pardon. What did you say? Damn! You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. <laughs> get out. I don't come back. Till you receive yourselves. So say we all. So say we all. I mean, that really got out of hand fast.